You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment. Like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise! You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Monday, December 12th. It is one minute past 10 o'clock. The Canadians host the Calgary Flames. And after 65 minutes of play, this one is tied at one. And they are going to a shootout. When you have a 1-1 game, it's not often... Oh, my God, my microphone is low. When you have a 1-1 game, it's not often that um, uh, you're going to see drama and you're going to see scoring chances. But for a 1-1 game, I have to tell you, we saw a lot of drama and we saw a lot of scoring chances. Uh, there's a lot of things that happened in this game, including an injury to Cole Caulfield. Uh, there was a collision. The Canadians are on a power play. Mike Hoffman drops the puck back. It turns over. It goes the other way. And then Caulfield with his head down, his skating, and he doesn't see a Calgary player who's Lewis, and it's a headshot. And Cole Caulfield's able to get up after about, you know, a good 30 seconds to a minute or whatever it was on the ice. He goes back to the bench. He looks like he's okay. You just get the feeling, though, that the spotters are going to spot him and tell him he's got to go back to the locker room for the concussion protocol. He does, and then we get word that he's not coming back in the hockey game, so he's gone for the night. A scary incident where Tanev got a shot from Suzuki, either just under the ear, in the back of the head, or around the neck area. He left the game. He didn't return either. When all was said and done, Huberto had a goal for Calgary, and Josh Anderson was able to tie the game at one. 
They go to overtime, and former Montreal Canadian Tyler Toffoli picks up um, a high-sticky penalty, a four-minute call for clipping Josh Anderson. The Canadians had scoring chances on the power play. Suzuki had a couple. Dvorak had one. Hoffman had one. Armia had one to no avail. Here we are. We're live in a shootout, and it looks like Rem the Gem, Rem Pitlick, is going first. I'll try and give you, here we go. You're watching it the way I am. Pitlick coming in, left-handed shot. He looks, makes a move, and Markstrom stays with him. Rem Pitlick tried that move on a couple of occasions. If memory serves me well, when he tried it the first time as a hab, the fake forehand, go backhand, go back to the forehand, forehand and try and jam it in, uh, he ended up scoring. But then on a couple of occasions, he wasn't able to score. So far, Jacob Markstrom has played like the Jacob Markstrom of his good old days. Josh Allen keeping the Canadians in there too. Here you go. Here's Huberto. He's able to slide it through Jake Allen. Did I say Josh Allen? Through Jake Allen's pads. He beats him. Five hole. Look at that. Slows down. Wrist shot. Five hole opened up. He went for it. He got it. Calgary leads after one shot in the shootout. Canadians, Rem Pitlick misses. And Justin and uh, Jonathan Huberto scores. Here we have it. Nick Suzuki now. He goes wide once again. Right-handed shot. Look at that. He beat him again. Tries to get Markstrom to go down, and he just lobs it in. This has become a habit for Suzuki now. Going wide, little lob, thick, uh, and, and Markstrom got his glove on it, but it just was he wasn't able to get enough of it. It goes in. All right, okay. Calgary's got one. The Canadians got one. Here we go. No, no, that one's not going in. No, no, that one's not going in. And as a matter of fact, it didn't go in. It was Anderson for Calgary who tries a fake shot and then he tries to go wide with it and Jake Allen stays with him the whole time. Mind you, his five-hole opened up, but he wasn't able to get it in. Here's uh, Kirby Doc to see if he can give the Canadians the lead. There we go. I see a quick wrist shot. Boom, there it is. Upstairs. A sweet penalty shot. Wow. Or a shootout shot. Flames have a chance to tie it. If not, if they miss, this game's over, and the Montreal Canadiens will win it. Nazem Kadri. Here we go. Stopped by Jake Allen. Canadians win. I should be more excited than this, shouldn't I? But they pick up two points. There you go. Canadians win. I think I'm a little bit disappointed because I had uh, I chose Calgary earlier this morning as my prediction to make it through, and uh, and they didn't. And uh, so I was kind of rooting for Calgary in that regard and actually rooting because, you know, I don't want the two points. Everyone knows where I stand, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that are smiling on the ice and stuff like that. They wanted to win. Fans are happy. They're clapping their hands. Jake Allen gives the old little uh, fist pump. And there you go. And Nazem Kadri gets stopped. Who, by the way, had some words for Arbor Jackai. Arbor Jackai was looking for a fight tonight. Ultimately, he didn't get in one. Pizzetta got in a fight. Uh, gave it to Mackie pretty good, as a matter of fact. Michael Pizzetta, it's his best fight that I've seen in a long time. It is the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. Brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, an asset-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. Also brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And brought to you by Lacash. If the last time you went to Lacash 
was when the Habs won the Cup. It's time you go back to Lakash because the menu will surprise you. Canadians win. Canadians win. Canadians win. Agnello and Sammy back at Master Control. Do we have our guy? And by the way, in case you're wondering, all right, again, we don't we don't have our guy. Okay, we don't have our guy, and uh, we should be getting him very soon. George Larac is a regular on Thursday nights, but because the Canadians play tonight, they play Wednesday, they play Thursday, we change things around a little bit. We change things around a little bit, and so I asked George to join me today. Uh, one of the reasons why is because we change things around. Uh, hold on a second here. And uh, I'm just, I'm sending him the invite as we speak. He already got it, but I'm just sending him a reminder and telling him, George, we're on. There we go. I am on. Waiting for you. There we go. All right. Okay. That's one of the reasons why uh, I'm getting George on because we're going to change it up a little bit so that uh, other people can join us. Uh, I will let you know right now, for those of you who are watching on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live, that Pierre Gervais, longtime Montreal Canadiens equipment manager, I should say now former equipment manager, uh, went out and wrote a book. Actually, he gave all his thoughts and all of his quotes to my buddy Mathias Brunet of La Presse newspaper, who's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, Mathias. Mathias wrote the book. It's been much talked about. The book has been because... Uh, Pierre wasn't kind to everyone. He let his opinion be known on several people, and it was uh, pretty painful for a former Montreal Canadiens general manager, for a former Montreal Canadiens coach, for a former Montreal Canadiens captain, and some former Montreal Canadiens players, just to name a few. Pierre Gervais will join me on the SICK podcast tomorrow. Also, a very special guest on Wednesday. And I'm not going to tell you who it is yet because Agnello hasn't given me the green light to say anything. But I'll tell you that on Wednesday, we have a very, very special guest. And uh, I, I think you're going to be happy with uh, who's going to join me on Wednesday night. Without further ado, we go to George Larac right now or what? Hey, big George. Tony, how you doing? Very good. How are you? Good. Good evening. One night. Um, you know, first game, the hardest one. I didn't have their play. Uh, you know what? Showed a lot of character after losing. Uh, George, where are you right now? Uh, home, but about. <laughs> You're at home, you said? No, the reason why I'm asking you, George, remember the other night the way it was cutting out? Yeah. It's doing that again to me. Yeah, but no, no way. Yeah. So you're you're, you're talking and you're going you're going in and out. You're going in and out. Five again. No, you're going in and out, George. You have your AirPods on or what? Yeah. Are you on Wi Fi? Maybe we go to we go to um data and not Wi Fi. I don't know. Okay, we got George off because uh, it's it's hard to uh, carry on a conversation when uh, it's cutting in and out. And based on some of your comments that I see, he keeps cutting out for you too. So we're gonna try and get it right, and uh, we're gonna go back and um, and we're gonna try and get George again, and hopefully it's gonna be okay. 
So uh, George just joined this. If he would have joined this right before going on, we would have been able to do a test, and then it would have been good to go. But it's it's okay. Uh, uh, it's not a big deal. As a matter of fact, Agnello and Sammy, Agnello and Sammy, um, can we get George a microphone too? It'd be cool to get him a microphone. But then again, I think he does it on his cell phone, right? I don't even know if we can get him a, a, a microphone for his cell phone. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Boy, what a game tonight. All right, we got George again. Is, that, is, is this better? Yes, much better. Okay, perfect. Awesome. All Sorry. Right. So what did you do? You took the AirPods out or? No, no, I just took out the Wi-Fi off. Oh, you just took out the Wi-Fi. I have, okay, to, go so... on data. I have to go on data, then it works better. All right, okay. We're going we're gonna to pay for the data charges, George. Don't worry about it. That's okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. You're a good man. Hey, um... You had a busy day today. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But once again, what were you saying about the Canadians and the big win tonight? Well, you know, the first game on the road trip, you know, when they played against the Kings, uh, the team looked totally outpaced because, you know, the Kings look way faster. But it's always harder to find your legs when you play a first game back from a road trip, especially at home. Guys are tired. You don't have your legs yet. And, uh, you know, I knew that they would have bounced back at home in front of the fans with a better effort. And even though they lost uh, Cofield, uh, they came back with a strong effort to make sure that they, were, they weren't going to lose two in a row and admire the fact that they were grouped together to win this big game. George, uh, this is an injury that you don't want to see. By no means am I a doctor or you're a doctor, but I think we can draw our own conclusions. Is it safe to say? And we don't know for certain because you know what? Something could happen to his shoulder. But is, is it safe to say that following Caulfield's collision with Lewis he goes back to the bench he looks like he's okay it looks like he's got to go into the locker room because of you know a spotter said you got to make your win there for the protocol is it safe to say that chances are he didn't pass the protocol oh no I think he has a concussion yeah Uh, there's no way if he didn't he would have came back you know especially you know when there's a five on three uh, if he's not back out there it has to be serious and it's Things happen, you know, it was, it was unlucky. It was a collision that, uh, you know, in the hockey that happens. It was not even a hit. It, didn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be a hit. And it happened, unfortunately. He was on fire this year. Hopefully, well, you won't miss too much time. But uh, it's sad uh, to see him getting hurt because we're all hoping for him to get 50 goals. And if he missed a couple of games and it takes a bit to get back, uh, he might be off track uh, to get uh, what, what he wanted to achieve this year. George, I don't like that injury, man. I hate these concussion injuries. Uh, I think you told me this already, but did you ever have any? Uh, no, just a little minor one. Once I was uh, maybe my second year in the league, a minor one, like when I was I hit the side of the board, but nothing too major. I was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, uh, I was more the guy in the NHL that was giving concussion other than getting them. <laughs> so, you know, George, they say that when you suffer the first one, the second one happens a lot easier. So you suffered one. So for those who watch this injury tonight and are really worried, you suffered one in your second year. You went on to have I don't know how many fights. You took several punches to the head, and you never suffered a second concussion to the best of your knowledge. No, no, no. Actually, not just to my best of knowledge. Our team were pretty – I was in Edmonton, and they were pretty serious about that stuff. And uh, – Oh, really? No. Um, yeah, because I know before my time, I remember they used to give a pill if people had a he- like concussion, like a headache. They, they give a Tylenol back then, like in the time like before. And then in our time, it was more diagnosed more, more seriously because 
they knew the danger of it, especially with the job that I was having. But, uh, <coughs> you know, um, what I had also was minor. You know, I wasn't laying on the ice like like Suzuki, like Cofield was tonight. It was just a, a little shock that I had, and I felt dizzy a bit. So for precautionary reason, then I missed like one or two games, but it wasn't that bad. Actually, they say that Tylenols are the worst thing to give when you have a concussion because they can cause what they, I think it's called rebound headaches or whatever. But exactly. anyway, enough of uh, me playing doctor here. All right, let's talk about the game. Uh, the Canadians ran into a hot Jacob Markstrom. It looked like he wanted to do to the Canadians tonight what Jake Allen did to the Flames on the last road trip about a week ago. He almost came in here and uh, and stole the show. He was really good tonight. Yeah, he was good, and I'm glad that... Uh... So as Jake Allen was good because for some reason, Jake Allen was way better on the road. We looked at his, at his number on the road and you look at him by being in that and he was tremendous because at home he was terrible. And I'm glad that he bounced back at home because, uh, you know, we need him like, like, and especially tonight when you lost Schofield, you knew that uh, it was going to be important because when Marshall was hot, because Marshall has been getting a lot of heat this year yeah. and uh, the team is not doing as good as they should because of him. And Jake Allen responded because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people thought Tony after that last game that Montreal stole, it was a highway robbery in Calgary. They thought Calgary was going to bounce back and uh, come back with the win. But of course, the injuries to the many Calgary players helped the team. But it doesn't matter. Andrews part of, part of hockey, and uh, Montreal, uh, you know, showed a lot of character and they won again. Your buddy Jean Charles Lajoie has a theory. By the way, his theory is. Uh, the goalie had a child. The child keeps him up at night, and uh, he's got to help Madame. He's got to help the missus, and that's why he plays better on the road. Um, you, you know, you played in the league for a long time. Did you, did did you see this where once guys had kids that their play dropped a little bit for the first four, five, six months? No, Tony, not at all. Because uh, you know we're machines. You know, and we're so used to, to, to the routine because, you know, the, the I'll tell you something. After a game, when there's back-to-back game, usually guys cannot sleep till 2, 3 in the morning anyway. You know, and, and because we're habits of routine. So, you know, whether people have kids or whatever happens during a hockey season, you're still used to it that you get up, your body, and you're conditioned to just to play hockey. So... Having a kid, no, I've never heard of a player say that. I've never heard of that because yeah. it's fun. They get excited. Uh, you know, it's the fun part. And often what they do is that they have another room. They sleep into another room if really they need to go to bed because, uh, as you know, they don't live in a one-and-a-half apartment, right? Yeah, uh, no, they have right many rooms. They have many rooms, and often they'll go in a guest room. They'll go downstairs if really they need to go to sleep. A night before... Uh, a night before a game, often they won't get up because, uh, you know, the, their second half, the best half, well, they don't know that they need to have their bed because they have to uh, have, a, they have a game the next day. So they find ways, but no, it's not a reason. And I've never heard anyone saying that. All right. Okay. Um, you know, you're not the first athlete to, to uh, when we talk about athletes and we talk about, 
having a hard time to get to sleep. I hear this from a lot of athletes, right, George? Because, you know, usually when, when are games played, right? They usually play 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, with the exception of some NFL games, of course, which can be played on Sundays at 1 p.m. or 4 p.m. But you're such on a high. Mike Ribeiro told me once upon a time right here on the Sick Podcast that, um, you know, to get to sleep, he would have to drink or he'd have to smoke up. That was him. Now, obviously he had, you know, certain, you know, addictions that maybe some had, maybe some others didn't. Yeah. Tell me. Ambien. Pills. But for a lot, a lot of guys who was taking ambient pills. Yeah. Ambient pills. This is a, it's a strong sleeping pill and they would mix it up with alcohol. So it gave him a buzz. A lot of guys were taken out on a plane. And after a point, it became so dangerous that, uh, because back then we could just take the pills in the, in the drawer, in the dressing room, you could take as many pills as you want. And those are prescribed. And, and after uh, you saw what happened with Rippy and Bugard, a couple guys that have problems with pills, uh, now it's more documented. And then you couldn't take as much as you wanted anymore. But I do remember seeing guys taking, doing ambient parties, taking ambience, mix it up with alcohol to get, but, uh, you know, with the time difference, with the travel and everything, uh, it's hard sometimes on the body and your body is like, sometimes you just can't go back to bed and, and it's hard. And when you, that's yeah. why often you don't practice the next day in the morning because, uh, guys, they know guys often they don't sleep, uh, especially on back to back. If you have to travel again, what did you think of the Suzuki hit on Nazem Kadri? An accident, you know, yeah. it's the same thing. It was a, it was an accident, it was just like the one Coalfield was. And I don't know why they call that. If you do a penalty there, you should have done the penalty also for the other one. So it was accidental. The referee didn't see it right. Like, I mean, no mistake could happen, but but Suzuki didn't mean to hit him. Uh, he didn't mean to hit him just the way that he was standing. Man, that was that ugly that Suzuki shot hitting Tanev? And the what, what did that look like to you, George? Back of the head or what? Yeah, you never want to see that. You know, you know, when the crowd is silent, they see the replay. You know how dangerous that is, man. People could shoot the fuck now, and uh, man, thank God that uh, he got up. They need the stretcher, but you know, it's a clear concussion, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he's not going to be out for too long and he'll be okay. But man, that hockey is so dangerous, man. You never know, what, like the puck, wherever. People are so brave blocking shots. Uh, you remember when Trent McClary blocked one with his throat? Um, yeah, yeah. That was, if, if memory yeah. serves me well, was a Chris Terrian shot from the Flyers? Yeah, yeah, it was. Good memory, good memory. Yeah, so, you know, guys yeah, are Yeah, I'm good for that stuff, George, but I'm not good for Gaucher or Droitier. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Gaucher or Droitier that you guys do on BPM Sports on your show, whether he's lefty or righty, of course, it was uh, something that was mastered by your former colleague, uh, Gonzo Stefan Gonzalez, who... Uh, he's, yeah. a, he's a god at that game, by the way. Yeah, but, yeah, but so, is, so is Gilbert. Gilbert, no, he's is, he is 50 for 50 so far. He has you know no, what? No, listen, Gilbert has done no mistakes, and he has an anecdote for each player that I'm asking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was a good one today when he said he took the, his first and only face-off in his career against the player, and he told him to take it. No, he's got an anecdote for everyone. In case yeah. you missed it, you got to listen to George's show, radio show at BPM Sports. If you're from Montreal, it's 91.9 on your FM dial 
weekdays starting at 11 a.m. He and Max Truman. Uh, there's a lot of laughs there. I'm going to tell you that right now. Speaking of which, on your show today, your guest, former Montreal Canadiens star, Alex Kovalev, because no doubt he was a star here. And you asked him about playing with Saku Koivu. Agnello and Sammy back at the master control here. If you can bring it up, George asking Kovalev about Koivu. Saku Koivu as a captain. Um, I mean, I like Saku. You know, he, he was definitely it was very uh, not easy. Uh, person to deal with um you know like sometimes he just i don't know if i he felt that when i came to the montreal you know he felt maybe like i'm taking his place or whatever but i you know i had a, some conversations with taco you know like trying to really put him in a position where so he understands that i'm not here to you know fight against you or battle against you like who is better or who is more important for montreal i know we're doing the same job and and you know we, I guess, I guess sometimes players not, you know, if you don't know somebody that comes in, like some new guy come in and you don't know him, uh, you have to get used to it. Like you have to, you know, learn, you know, about this player and who he is, and spend the time with him and understand him, and then you know it becomes, uh, you know, different uh, atmosphere. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it took some time, but uh, you know what, we we did what we had to do. Uh, we did our job and. Um, and I understand Sako is really dedicated. You know, he's a great captain, and he he uh, he always want to win. Um, and you know, he gets upset when team is not winning or is not playing, and which is it's normal. That's the captain. That's a cap- how a captain should be. Um, you know, he definitely lead the team, and um, you know, we uh, like I said, you know, we just had to follow him. Uh, George, this brought back so many memories. I remember uh, Kovalev and Koivu uh, together on the Canadians like it was yesterday. As a matter of fact, in a year that they knocked off the Boston Bruins, they were part of a line, Koivu, Kovalev, and Richard Zednik. You remember that one, George? That's the year that the Canadians went down three games to one to the Boston Bruins and a best of seven. They were down two games to one, and in game four, Alex Kovalev got slashed on the wrist. Uh, he let go of the puck. He looked down. He bumped into Sheldon Surrey. Surrey fell down. Glenn Murray broke away, scored in overtime. The Canadians lose. The Bruins are up three games to one. And Kovalev took so much heat for taking his hands off the puck and leaving the puck there. Surrey even confronted him in the locker room at the end of the game and said, what the hell are you doing? Surrey told members of the media, I've never seen a player drop his stick and let go of the puck like that. What did Alex Kovalev do? He scored a goal in game five. He scored two goals in game six, and he picked up two assists in game seven, and the Canadians beat the Boston Bruins game seven in Boston, George. Yeah, no, you you was an unbelievable player, and you know, it was awesome talking to him because I played with him too in Montreal. He was there when I was there, and yeah, I, I, we we all knew that. The, like both guys, him and Koivu, they wanted to be the go-to guy. They wanted to be the leader of that team, and it, it was good because it brings out the best of both of them. You know, they wanted to know, be known as the best player. And Kovi, when he was there, he was known as the most skilled player in the NHL, the best hand. And when he left, that's who got the title of the best hands. You know. 
COVID did things with the puck that we didn't, we couldn't do back then. It was unreal. Uh, some of the stuff that he would do, uh, you know, I remember like some, like you know, the 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 shots from the blue line falling on top of the net, the couple stick handling stuff that he would do. And and after practice, I remember me, Lapierre, Lafondres, would play keep away with him, and he would keep the puck forever. He would stay on the ice the longest time. He loved the hockey so much. He was a he was amazing, and he, he was a really hard worker. George, I, I got the feeling back then that um, because Kovalev wasn't perfect, let's face it, for everything that was said about Saku Koivu, some said he wasn't a good captain. Um, some thought he was a great captain. Some thought he was a number one center. Some didn't think he was a number one center. Some thought he was the best player in the team. Some didn't think he was the best player in the team. Um, some preferred him. Some preferred Kovalev. But I just I got the feeling there were some guys in that locker room that were uh, not the biggest Kovalev fan either. I always got the feeling that Sheldon Surrey was not the biggest Alex Kovalev fan, but he was the biggest Saku Koivu fan. Well, again, as you just said in the playoff, uh, he felt bad about his mistake, right? And what did a player do? They respond. And he carried that team to the next round. You know, he, he knew. He, yeah. he knew, like, he, and especially on the work time when something like this happened, we all saw what happened, so... You know, some sides would have melted in. He took responsibility. He's like, okay, my mistake. I'm carrying this thing to the next round. And then when he did that, it was awesome. That's what he had to do, and it worked. You know, and, you know, they went the harder way, but you have to respect the fact that, you know what, he owned it. And so, okay, let, let, me, let me make it up and look at the way he played. You remember when Koivu was out with the injury and Alex Kovalev got to see, I mean, the whole big thing that it started in this city and in this province? <laughs> Every time he had the C, he was the best player in the NHL. He wanted to show everyone that even though Kobe was hurt, that he was going to take over and show everyone that, you know what, I could do it. He was the best player in the world every time Kobe was hurt and he got the C. Like, he knew he was going to get it as soon as he was gone. I'm, I'm going to go back to Kovalev in a couple of minutes, but before I do, I want to go back to the game tonight. Uh, Yol Armia, it just keeps on getting closer and closer to his first goal, but it's not happening. It's 17 games now, and he hasn't scored a goal this season. He's got zero goals, and he's got two assists to his record. But I have to ask you, George, can you explain to me why Marty St. Louis keeps on throwing him back on the ice for the power play? Because I think that uh, they want to do a package with many guys that at the deadline they try to get rid of. Uh, because, you know, to be honest with you, what's disappointing for me with Armia is a big guy like that, he's not physical at all. And often in hockey, um, we know that if you're not producing, you're not scoring, do something else to contribute. Be physical. You're a big guy. Open up, like, the place for your teammate, you know, if you, especially if you're that big. Because other than Josh Anderson, there's no really physical presence up front with the Canadians. Yeah. And he's a big body and he plays small. Tonight, and I thought he was you, pretty good, George, to be honest. I mean, he had five shots on goal. Tonight was one of his better games. Tonight, he was snake-bitten. Yeah, but when you're not scoring, you got to add something to the game to contribute yeah. because he's not scoring anyway. And, you know, what are we going to say halfway through the season if you have no goals? Oh, he had many chances. He was close. If you're not scoring, often guys, they do something else to get their game back. you got to find ways to contribute. You know, you got to check more. You got to do something else. Like, so at least we see that he's trying, that he cares, you know, not just that he's coming close all the time. Because as you know, 
Uh, if you want to trade someone that has no points, no goals, uh, no team's going to be, oh, well, he's close all the time, so let's get him. No. You get him because you know that guy is as pride, and you'll find other ways to contribute if you're not scoring. And right now, to me, it's disappointing because he's a big body. He's not physical enough. He's not hitting enough. If you're not scoring, do something else. If you're not, you know, like Martin St. Louis, uh, right now, I'm pretty sure that there's players that doubt enough that, that plays because we want to bring the value up. And actually, he had two points in two games. So maybe they thought that he was back on the right track. I don't know, but uh, I just don't know how any teams would be interested in Dadanov, Drouin, uh, Armia, and all these guys the way that they're playing right now. Hey, um, Michael Pazetta at it tonight. It looked like the, uh, what was it, the semi-pro league in Quebec? It almost looked like uh, they were dropping the gloves. Um, the way they dropped the gloves, it was it was unbelievable there. It kind of looked... Uh, you, know, you know, I love Pazetta. I love Pazetta. Versus Mac. Uh, yeah. Heart of a lion, and uh, you know, you know, like you pump up the crowd, and and I know he got criticized last fight, but he was in he, he was at the end of a shift. He just threw a big hit. He was gassed, so then he couldn't do anything. This time, it was fair and square. Great, great technique. He came in, and it was awesome because you know we've been talking a lot about Jackai and, and what, what he could do to this team, but Pezetas there too, and I'm glad that, that he showed everyone that he could do the job too. He could bring a spark to this team. Uh, he did well tonight, and I was happy for him. Yeah, well, he uh, he tried to set the tone for the hockey game, which is what you want your fourth line to do. Jake yeah. Evans, by the way, uh, who was playing third line tonight because uh, fourth line had Pitlick, had uh, Pizzetta, and had Army on it. Jake Evans, by the way, got rocked again tonight. Did you see that? Every time he gets hit, yeah, I saw it, and he got back, he got back up right away, but... Every time you get hits, man, I'm afraid because it always seems like it's one body check away from his spirit to be done. Um, you know, and, and it's courageous. He jumps all over the place, but man, I don't know. He's fragile. And the thing is, I don't think he's in the right chair with the Canadian. A player like him should not be a fourth liner. A fourth liner is a line of energy. And I, I think he's too fragile to play this role against big lines that play normally in a fourth line. And uh, but that's the spot he's in right now. But I don't think it's the right chair. Hey, did you see some of the minutes some of the guys got tonight? We got to put things in perspective here because obviously, once again, Caulfield left the game early on. Nick Suzuki played seven seconds shy of twenty-six minutes. Dvorak played twenty-three fifteen. Evans played twenty-two oh five. Doc played twenty-two twenty-seven. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but you know, of course, there was overtime too, but. I think yeah. with Suzuki is so he's so smart the way that he plays that you know that uh, he could log in those minutes the way that he plays and he's patient and he knows when to skate when not to and with the puck he makes smart decisions so uh, I think uh, his average always going to go up um, to a certain point but uh, he, he's amazing what he does on the ice all the time and to have this poise at such an early times in his career he's going to be good for a long time. We saw Mike Hoffman take Caulfield's spot when Caulfield went down with that injury. Uh, what did you think? Well, you know, Hoffman had some sparks tonight. He did some great thing. Obviously, he did a big mistake uh, on in the power play, um, you know, there. But, you know, it, it's going to happen sometimes. But in some other time, he did some really good plays. You know, you know, he's, he's, he's an offensive threat. And offensive yeah. threat comes with liability sometimes defensively, right? And mistakes, turnovers and stuff is going to happen. But... 
But I thought that, you know, in the power play, when he's there, because he was hurt for a while, the power play looks much better when he's there, helping carrying the puck around and stuff when he's there as when he's not. But uh, again, we know that he's not, he's a guy that they hope his value will go up. They'll be interesting for some team, but the fact that he has another year in his contract could make it difficult to move him. Comment, uh, sick, S-I-C-K, if you're watching right now on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. If you're watching on Facebook, share it with your friends. Share it with your friends on any social media app, uh, YouTube uh, or Facebook. Comment, sick, and hit the like button. If you're going to be listening tomorrow via Google app or Spotify or uh, Apple, leave a five-star review. We very much appreciate it. All right, so Uri Slavkowski got an assist on Josh Anderson's goal. It was a good play by him. Got knocked yeah, down, no. it back up, good pass, good play. He was, he was going to get hit, and then he stayed up. Uh, you know how many often he got hit, and he doesn't stay on his feet. And uh, he got strong, stay on his feet. Very beautiful pass. And uh, that's what you want. You want him to contribute because his confidence, um, uh, it seems that lately uh, he's a little bit better because there was a big debate about sending back to Laval, going back to the World Juniors. Yeah, But, you know, if he's going to keep playing, contributing like that with the opportunity he's getting of having more ice time, uh, it's going to be rewarding and it's awesome to see. But what I really want to see with him, though, is not just point. I want to see him stop getting rocked. It doesn't make sense how big as he is that he keeps getting nailed, centerized, and he's getting hit. He doesn't protect himself, doesn't keep his head up. Uh, I hope he, he learned his lesson from the last time. When it's he a got bad habit, fired. George. It's a bad habit. He's got two of them. He holds on to the puck way too long. And he keeps his head down. Vinny Danfus did a real good job of showing an illustration tonight after the period and stuff like that. And he showed that Slavkowski is holding on to the puck when he should be getting rid of the puck. For example, he could have easily dumped the puck um, into the offensive zone knowing that his teammates were going on a change. He chose to hang on to it instead. Boom. He got rocked. I mean, he's got to make better decisions. Yeah, it's a bad habit because when he was playing in Europe, he could do that. He could hang on to it. And the, the hitting is not the same down there. And because it's so big, people didn't want to hit him. So he's not used to that. But in the NHL, you know, it's so fast. People don't care. The bigger you are, the more they want to get you, the easier your target, especially when they first pick overall like this. So hopefully get his lesson. We saw that he was practicing with a coach, uh, with the Canadians, like drills to keep his head up. With Adam Nicholas, yeah. It, which is weird to see that uh, in practice to a first pick, but... If we're going to help him to change that habit, man, it's going to be better for himself. George, two more Kovalev clips, and then we'll let you go. We very much appreciate your time, and thank you for changing the days here so we can uh, get other people lined up for the rest of the week. Uh, it's funny because Pierre Gervais is going to be my guest tomorrow night, former Canadian That's amazing. manager. That's amazing. And, and he you know, said, you know, you know, Pierre Gervais is the best uh, equipment manager I've ever had in all my teaming and during my 13-year career. He's the best. He's the nicest guy. We all loved him. He was amazing. Let me ask you this. Do you think the book hurts him from getting into the, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame one day? Not at all. Like, the thing about the book is that people, they're, they're not, they're commenting on something they haven't read. If you read the entire book, you're not going to stick up to just one or two little things that you think is damaging. I don't think it is because the stuff that people are saying that are wrong, there were stuff that were public anyway. People knew about those. They knew about Dominic Ducharme. Whatever Gervais said, it's not like he said something that people didn't know that it wasn't working out. 
you know, Petrie already talked about Deshaun publicly uh, while he was playing for him. So the fact that Gervais said something about him, it's not like we didn't know. If Gervais really wanted to hurt people, he could have said stuff that could have been damaging personally to mm -hmm. coaches or to players because he knows more stories than anyone. But he didn't say that. He just went on some stuff, clarifying some stuff that were already being made public. But no, when I read it and stuff, I thought it was great. It was entertaining. It was fun. And uh, no, I wasn't appalled at all for So, So Pierre Gervais says in his book that while he was equipment manager with the Montreal Canadiens, the most talented player that he ever saw was the guy that you interviewed today, Alex Kovalev. I want to get back to that interview that you did on BPM Spore earlier today. And um, you talked to Kovalev about his decision not to re-sign with the Montreal Canadiens. This is some amazing honesty. Folks, listen to this. The, uh, when you left Montreal, as you know, fans were not happy. They, they did a protest because everybody wanted you to stay. Uh, they loved you in Montreal. They call you the artist. If you could go back, would you have stayed in Montreal? Well, I mean, I said it as many times, and I sent an interview, and I... Uh... I said again that, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the mistakes I personally made. It's not my agent. People thought that maybe my agent made a mistake, but um, this is, was more personal, uh, you know, personal mistake, uh, which is I got a little bit greedy. Uh, you know, I wanted more money because, uh, um, you know, I, I thought I've done so much for this club and I, you know, I want to make more money um, and then, you know, decide to wait it. Um, waited, you know, the, we had some talk with Montreal, and then um, um, Ottawa came in the picture, um, and, you know, I waited, waited, and nobody's given me more than uh, uh, the, the what I was making already. So, uh, and then the last, last moment, Montreal, uh, you know, drop off, and, uh, you know, I decided just to take it, whatever Ottawa was giving me, and Ottawa was giving me what Montreal was giving me. Wow. All right. There you have it. Uh, great honesty. Yeah. Great honesty. Un un unbelievable, unbelievable honesty there. He says, don't blame my agent. You can blame me. It was my decision. He kind of felt, he kind of felt disrespected by the Canadians. He thought I did a lot for that team. Uh, and I thought I deserve to get paid. And the Canadians weren't giving me more money than I had in my initial contract. Ottawa came along, they offered pretty much the same thing, and I figured, you know what, let me go to them because it looks like they want me. Montreal didn't want to give me more. It's my mistake. It's one of my regrets. George, yeah. that was – that. Alex Kovalev rubs a lot of people the wrong way because a couple of times a year he looked like the best player in the world, and many times a year he looked like a good player, but not more than that. His inconsistency – drove some people crazy to the point where a lot of people thought this guy didn't have a lot of heart. That's some incredible humility and honesty there. Yeah, there's not many players that would admit something like this, you know, to admit that, talking about being greedy, because, you know, there's one thing the fans have problem with sometimes is the, the millions that players are making. And to have a superstar that says something like that, that takes full responsibility when he doesn't have to, when he's retired, when he's in New York living like his life and, and having fun playing golf, it was amazing to hear that from him because, uh, you know, and people were, the fans were happy. The comments on just what he said there, people were impressed and uh, they, they loved it because it's one thing to see love Montreal, but when you see you regret it and you wish you stayed, man, it speaks 
a lot about his character and uh, you know it's when you when you can learn from your mistake and admit them uh you know it, it, you have to be a man to do that and he did and and even me i was surprised to his answer yeah that's amazing when a guy says you know what it was about the money back then and i regret it okay uh he's done some coaching himself he talked about the job that Guy Carmino did coaching the team. Let's hear from him. You know, it's like any any uh, player that uh, used, you know, being a good player. Like uh, even now, I'm experiencing the same thing. You know, being a coach. Uh, you know, sometimes you think, you know, I play this game, I know this game, and you know, coaching would be easy. But when you start coaching, dealing with the players and you know some individuals, it's not easy. And then, you know, you start understanding how hard it is for the you know like carbono you know deal with the players it's i mean it's not the um, small group of guys it's you know it's 25 20 whatever eight uh, players that you have to deal with and uh, each player has got a unique uh, talent or you know he's every player is different mentally uh, so you have to spend the time and understand each player and uh, at times uh, we you know we had to um, not the battle, but we uh, we had the miscommunication. You know, we had to meet. Um, I, sometimes I go to his office and trying to talk and understand him and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's a normal working process. And you know, I mean, he he did what he had to do, and he did uh, actually a great job. And you know, at times uh, like I said, everybody makes the mistakes. You know, he was making the mistakes, but he. He knew how to uh, to fix those mistakes and and become better better coach and that's what he did. Um, so I mean, he's uh, you know he's I think he was a good good coach. George, one of the things we heard from Guy Carbonell uh, regarding Guy Carbonell when he was let go was maybe that his communication skills weren't the best. It's funny because years later he's doing a pretty good job with that. Excuse me. But that, All right, but but uh, but, 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 uh, but 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 that's why he was gone. I was there during that time, and he was gone because of miscommunication. I remember, and um, me when I was playing the Fort Line, there was a rotation between four, four or five of us, and he wouldn't talk to us, tell us who wasn't going to play. But we had to listen to RDS. He would say to the TV who wasn't going to play. So after practice, the morning skate, we used to go on RDS. The, the, that see it just to see who was going to play or not because he was going to tell the media, but he wouldn't be talking to us. And I know that Kovalev and Koivu, they went to Ganey and about that communication problem. And because of that, once it become an issue, Ganey had no choice. And that's why he fired Guy Carbonell because of that communication problem between him and the players wasn't good enough, wasn't there. And Ganey was afraid of losing the team control because we're battling for playoff spot. So he made the move to go behind the bench and we made the playoff. And, uh, you know, we lost to Boston Bruins. But, uh, you know, you, you remember who I was playing that was, with? That was the centennial year, right? Yeah. And you remember who I was swept. playing with in the playoff? Uh, who you were playing with in the playoffs. Didn't you play on the top line? Yes. I played with Koivu and Kovalev. Yeah. Uh, and that. This is the best hockey that I played, but at the same time, we lost in four games. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so now let's get it out of the way here. Let's get it out of the way. Uh, last question, then I'll make you go sleep, only because you brought it up, okay? I know you've heard this a million times. 
the Canadians, that was the centennial year. They had about 10 or seven or eight, they had, I think, close to 10 players that were UFA at the end of the year. They weren't bought back. They lost them for nothing. That's the year that Bob Ganey in the summer went on a one-day shopping spree. He made the trade for Gomez a couple of days later. He signed Camilleri and Jonta probably an hour apart to big money. The Canadian Stanley Cup that year, knowing that they got swept by the Bruins for the fan base, was for you to give Milan Lucic a beating. Because Milan Lucic had given Mike Komisarek a couple of bad beatings. The fans weren't happy with him. He kind of owned the Canadians in that respect. Or he owned Komisarek, I should say. He would give the whole laugh after it was over too. He got on everyone's nerves. The TV cameras clearly showed you inviting Lucic to dance. Yeah. And he didn't want to. When you look back, and I don't want this to sound savage or anything, you kind of regret you just didn't jump on him and start hammering away the way he did to Commissarek in one fight. He dropped his gloves. Commissarek didn't. And he just hammered him anyway. Okay, so just so you know, if I did something like this, first of all, because I'm a heavyweight, I could kill him. If I kill him, I go to jail. You have to know that my fists are a weapon. And I have to be very careful because if I do this and I hurt him bad in the front page, people are not applauding me and saying, good job, George. Savage LaRock, front page of the paper, and I'd get traded. I'd get in trouble. Because, again, it's so easy to say, oh, you should have done this, should have done that. He didn't want to fight. First of all, with the repetition that I have, people didn't want to fight me. When I played these teams, nobody rocked the team. Nobody rocked the Canadian. So, uh, Luchik wasn't hitting anyone. Yes, I invited him all game. Did he hit anyone? No. Would the Char hit anyone? No. Did Chris Neal hit anyone? No. They were invisible when I was there. And that's the respect you have when you have one of the best heavyweight that is there. But in terms of jumping him, I did my job. I'm chasing him on the ice, and he didn't do anything. I only did it for the fans, but... If he doesn't want to, I can do anything. There's an instigator rule. There's thing if you blow a hit to the head to someone not engaging, he get in trouble. And I know this. And you know what? If I get a suspension of 10, 20 games, or I hurt someone bad, what? The fan are going to pay the suspension saying that you did a good thing. We're glad and we're going to pay for it. We're going to cover it. No. The consequence of me jumping him, I'm the only one that would have to deal with it. And people just don't understand hockey yet. If they think that, oh, I should have just jumped him and, yeah, accept the consequence that, that would have happened to that. I've always been an honorable player. Uh, as strong as I was, I only fought with people that uh, were engaging. That's yeah. why I played 13 years in the league, and that's why I got the respect of all my peers. Yeah, I was right never going to be a guy that was going to jump on guys, take advantage like this. I was not known for that. With yeah. the job that I had, I had the toughest job in the NHL. And that my goal was to do a job, not to kill anyone or to embrace embrace anyone. And I was known as one of the best to do it. Yeah. And if some people are not happy that I was savage enough, well, that's too bad. I'm well, not playing for them. I'm playing for myself and for my teammates. There's no doubt that you were one of the best. George, I would say arguably the best. Well, thank you. Well, arguably the best. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like if we go around. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If we go around and we pull 100 people, 100 hockey fans, and say, you know, who's the toughest toughest enforcer ever in the history of the National Hockey League? You're going to hear Bob Probert or Lorac. Probert or Lorac. Those are the two names you're going to hear. 
Yeah, but I'd say, I, me, I'll never self-proclaim myself, so I, I would say pro. Yeah, I thought Tony Twist was something too, by the way. Yeah, no, no, a lot of guys were tough. A lot of them. A lot yeah. of them were unreal. Stu Grimson was pretty tough too. Yeah, I oh, know. Stu Grimson was tough. Ty, Ty Domi was tough. Pound Man. for pound, I thought Domi was unbelievable. He's the toughest, pound for pound, he's the toughest guy in the league. And you know, you know who else, pound for pound, was one of the best in the league? People would never think of him. Darren Langdon. Darren Langdon. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. Darren Langdon you know, fought very good. Yeah, and you know, Matt Johnson was dangerous. Jim McKenzie. Uh, man, every team had guys I that thought, were good. I thought, I thought Chris Nyland was one of the smartest fighters of all time. Chris Nyland, too, was very good. Robert was good, too. Uh, man, Dave Brown. Nyland, Nyland never took a lot of shots, and, and he conceded a reach advantage, a height advantage to yeah. a lot of guys, but, you know, he was able to to to, to tie up their, 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 you know, tie them up over here, you know, type of thing, and he had that vicious, he'd lead with the right and then come back with the uppercut. It was a lot of fun to watch him. George, yeah. thanks for going so long, man. Uh, next time, next time you, you're going to see me, you're probably going to end up knocking me out because I didn't make you go to bed. So just, you know what? I'm going to wear a Lucha shirt. This way you won't touch me. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> See you, George. Have a good night, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right. There you have it. George Larac of BPM Sports. What a guy. Um, you know, why don't we take some of your calls? Uh, why don't we do this? You called. Presented by Playground. Brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. And there, you know, you always learn stuff here on the SICK podcast. That you're going to learn stuff a lot of times. Uh, this is probably the first time that you heard that players that weren't playing on the fourth line, they were doing a rotation. And there was four or five guys that were doing a rotation, and they never knew who wasn't going to play. They would actually find out by watching sports on television. Isn't that something? Why don't we get to your calls? one 585 7425 and Sammy, open up the lines right now. I'll get to your calls. The Canadians win by a score of 2-1. to one. They win it in shootouts versus the Calgary Flames. And Cole Caulfield is out for what appears to be, a very unfortunately, a concussion. Let's hope it's not all that bad. Mind you. A doctor once told me, Tony, concussions are all bad. A concussion is a concussion is a concussion. And he says there's no such thing as a minor concussion. Every concussion is major, he said. Even though there are reports every now and then of concussions being minor, this one doctor told me if it's a concussion, it's major. Um, all the best goes out to Cole Caulfield. We'll get to some of your questions. We'll get to some of your calls. And Yellow and Sammy, bring them up. I hope Caulfield is okay. Says Farzine Kara. I also hope he sits out for a few weeks so we can start losing some games, trade some guys. Winning the draft lottery is much better than losing round one. Uh, I agree, but it seems like I don't have too many people agreeing with me. Others. And let's get to your calls. 1-888-585-7425. It's a toll-free number. Tony, any truth to the rumor of Edmonton to Edmonton for Pugliarvi and a first-round draft pick in the draft? Uh, Edmonton would like to have Joel Edmondson. They need a stay-at-home defenseman to help stabilize things. They need a leader. They need a veteran. They need another voice in a room, and they need a guy who's won a Stanley Cup. They'd be willing to give up on Jesse Pugliarvi. Would they be able to will be willing to throw in a first on top of that? That I don't know. 
That I don't know. We're going to get to some calls or what? Are people shy to talk to me? What's the story here exactly? Hey, don't be shy. I don't bite. I don't bite. Let's get to some questions. I heard Toronto also, Tony. Listen, a lot of teams would like this coming in from Kelly. A lot of teams would like to have Joel Edmondson on their team. Says Darren Moran. I love this team. George says maybe Carbonell wanted everyone to prepare like they were playing. Still bad communication. Young Gun says play Sofkowski on the top line. Others coming in. Tony definitely bites. No, I don't. HDR says you don't need Pugliarvi. John Wayne. Chris says Pugliarvi is another Yakupov. John says they would love to have Kul- uh, They love Kulak. Imagine how much. They would love Edmondson. Other questions coming in if we don't have any calls to get to. If you want to jump on the line right now, I've been told that one is available. What about Brock Besser? Tony, can the Habs get him? I believe they can. This is coming in from Peter. But he's going to make $6.65 million after this year for the next two years after that. That's the challenge. But his value is at a low right now. I believe you can have him for almost nothing. And I think if you can get him going... In a couple of years from now, you can end up pulling off a trade like you did with Tyler Toffoli, getting four pieces, three really good ones, or two really good ones. Emil Heineman was a good one and a first-round pick. Then you also got Tyler Pitlick and a fifth-round pick. Who's going to be the first one to call tonight in yellow? Why don't we give them something? We can give them something or what? Ring a bell, do something, make them feel uh, good about the project, or what? What's the story here? One eight 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 five eight five seven four two five. You're watching right now on YouTube. You're watching on Facebook. You're watching on Twitter. If you want to call in, now's your chance. Don't call in when lines are full, full, full. We've just got a couple of them and open them up for you. Sammy, what are we doing here? Drouin, Suzuki, Anderson, about to be reunited. Maybe with Caulfield being out, yeah, could very well be. Hopefully, and I don't want to see Caulfield out of the lineup, but hopefully it's an opportunity for players coming back from injury, and then they can get going, and then it raises their value. And then it raises their value. We need to get Peter from Coach St. Luke the number in yellow. I spoke with him today. And I spoke with him yesterday. And I spoke with him the day before. Peter is doing well, by the way. He's been calling me to check up on me to see how I'm doing. Called me about 10 times in the last three days. And he says that he's going to call into the podcast. But I told him that... um, It would be cool if he would do it via video call. And, uh, you know, he would need a a microphone and he would need a video camera and he would need internet and stuff like that. And he's got internet, but I told him to call his provider earlier today to see if they have high speed because he's going to need high speed internet. Looks like we got a call. Joe in Ontario. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. 
What did you think of that second line of uh, Anderson, Slapkowski, and uh, I think it was Evans centering? Um, yes, it was because uh, Dvorak uh, was centering the other line. And it was. And uh, I kind of like it. I liked it, too. It seemed like it brought Anderson to life. Like, uh, he seemed to be all over the place in that game. It, it brought Anderson to life, but he's going to have to stay alive. That's been his biggest challenge is consistency. But, yes, it, uh, it brought him It brought him alive. You're right about that. I have a feeling he likes playing with Slavkovsky. I think so, too. And uh, Slavkovsky's shot, for me, can be very dangerous. Like, he, he's always calling for it. I, I, I can see that when he's on the ice. But um, Did you get the feeling he was going to score in overtime? When he took, when he wound up and took that shot, uh, I thought so, but you, you know, I just don't know. I was confused as to why um, he wasn't put out on like for a shooter in the overtime. Yeah, well, look, I guess they practiced these things and they went with the guys that probably end up scoring more often than night, more often than not. But I would have loved to have seen Slavkowski be one of the shooters for the Canadians. You're right about that. Yeah. Joe, yeah, thanks so much for the call, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you for what you do. All right. You're very welcome. Who's next? From Joe in Ontario to Ted in Vermont. Good evening, Tony. How are you? Very good. How are you, Ted? I'm very well. Thank you. First time caller, long time listener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Long time listener, meaning I... you used to listen back when I was on the radio. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, when you were on the radio, and uh, I've been watching your podcast. Admittedly, I'm an older guy, so sometimes I listen to it in the morning. Can't always stay up late at night. I hear you. You'll you'll appreciate the fact that I do it anyway. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure listening to you, Tony, and you offer a lot uh, of uh, good entertainment. Thank you. That's what I like about the podcast, though, is that so we go at 10 p.m. Eastern time, and hopefully everyone stays up to watch and or listen. But if they don't, they can go back and listen anytime. And and this is, it's, it's not to take a shot, really, it's not. But one of the things that um, I found very difficult or, you know, bothered me in regards to radio is that, you know, I could have what I thought was a great interview or I could have what I thought was two great interviews or I could thought what I had was a great show and it wouldn't always be logged. And I get emails all the time saying, hey, I missed your show today. I went on the website and I went in, um, uh, I went into your show and I didn't find anything. And that happened every now and then. And um, the cool thing about podcasts is that it won't happen with podcasts. The podcasts go in, a, go in a library, right? You get to, you know, you get to watch them on YouTube. You get to watch them on Facebook. Uh, you get to watch them live on Twitter. But you can always find them on the Facebook group page. You can always find them on the YouTube channel. And if you want to listen to them, you can always listen to them on Google, Apple, and Spotify. And what I can tell you is that our advertisers are really getting into the podcast world because... um. Once again, your ads stay in a library, and they're there forever, which is pretty cool. But thank you, Ted. Uh, so what did you think of the game tonight? 
I I love the game. I uh, I'm in your camp for uh, for wanting a full rebuild. Yeah. But I must admit, Tony, every time I watch a game, I still want them to win. I I can't get it. I've been watching them since 1958. I was three wow. years old when I watched my first hockey game. Wow. And uh, been watching them all my life, and I'll never want them to lose. <laughs> wow. I, I I'm with you. Yeah, I, I would like a full rebuild. That's and, uh, uh, that's what a fan is. A fan always wants them to win. Um, okay, thanks so much, Ted. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you. I love the uh, TV show aspect of it as well. And you have great guests. I, I'm missing some of your guys from the radio show, but who you have are terrific. terrific. Yeah, who, who are you missing exactly? Well, uh, you used to have Normand on. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Francois Gagnon uh, every once in a while and stuff like that as well. You know, um, but like a, it's not a shot at your show. You have some great entertainment. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Yeah. You know, like uh, I have, you know, an open invitation to. Uh, um, to a lot of people to come on and uh and some of them just can't uh but that's not me um hey, so it's the politics of life right sometimes yeah yeah um listen i you know i don't want to look back because uh i decided to move forward and uh you know I, i'm i'm loving my decision every day thank you so much hey, i appreciate I your support thank you for sticking with years. me just keep on looking forward, man. Thank you. Thank okay. you for sticking with me. Thank you very much. Ted in Vermont. All right. Where are we going exactly? Sammy? You got to see Sammy working behind the scenes. He's working like in a, at 100 miles an hour. Jeff in London, Ontario. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Very good. Yeah, awesome, dude. You have to actually talk to you. Hey. Thanks so much. What's going um, on? I was just, uh, I was kind of, I was going to talk about the game a little bit, but I was really disappointed uh, with Doc. Uh, the last seven seconds, they were taking his time getting around the net, finally passing it out. And uh, I think it was Hoffman that took the shot. Um, I just thought that was a, a poor use of the last few seconds of the game. And then also, I thought Slavkovsky um, kind of looked, when he got the puck, especially uh, in overtime there, a few times, it just seemed to pass it off right away. It didn't seem to want to make a move with it. And uh, I don't know, some of the some of the moves we've seen him make in the past uh, just doesn't seem to want to make them now. Yeah. Um, but with time, confidence, right? The confidence is going to kick in. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm just, uh, I'm hoping to see him take charge against a, a defender at some point and, uh, you know, knock him out of his skates. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. You've been heard. Thank you. Yeah, that was Jeff in London, Ontario. Sammy, where are we going? Don in Toronto. Don, what's going on? Hey, Tony, love your show. Thank you. Uh, interesting uh, show tonight with uh, Larac. Uh, really enjoyed that, you know. Uh, uh, so on that topic, would you uh, would you think of uh, John Cordick as uh, an enforcer from Montreal? I remember those. Uh, yeah, those days he was he was pretty impressive. Yeah, he was, but you know, Cordic was very exciting to watch his fights. 
I don't think he had the knockout punch, though. I mean, he used to give guys 20, 30, 40 shots. Jay Miller told Chris Nyland that his punches hurt a lot more than Cordick's. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But John Cordick uh, did have some skills, though. Do you agree with that? Um, not really. I mean, Chris Nyland was a much better hockey player than John Cordick. I mean, Chris Nyland scored 20 goals. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like John Cordick, but, uh, yeah, he was exciting uh, as a fighter for sure. He was, he definitely was. He was one of my favorite fighters to watch. He was one of my favorite fighters all time, but I think he locked that, that, that knockout punch. Uh, he passed way too, um, way too early. A real shame. Unfortunately, Wait. drugs got the better of him, uh, especially yeah. cocaine. I've been told we have another caller. Let's go to it. Who do we have? We have Bobby in Miami. Miami. Hi, Tony. How are you? Very good. What's going on in Miami? Well, the same thing that usually happens this time of year with me. I'm staying away from the cold. Oh, Bob Mar- uh, Bob Marier. That's it. Hey, what's going on, my man? I'm good. I've just muted the uh, computer because it was getting confusing. Thank you. I commend you for, A, doing the right thing, following your heart. I commend you for that big time. I remember the night it happened. You probably have a million texts, and I sent you one, and later on in the day, I said, you put your family first, and you did not blink. And for that, you should be damn grateful. The road you've traveled to get here, outstanding. Thank you. And really, this is really taking off, and I like the fact that I can do this. Well, I mean, um, when you say follow I, my heart, I mean my heart was my heart was my heart was there too. I mean, I loved radio, and I loved doing what I was doing. And uh, um, you know, in an ideal world, I would have loved to be able to do both of them and uh, be able to continue to grow both of them. And um, you know, it just um, for you know, you know. It's a better, it's a better uh, operational. Uh, I find it a lot easier. I'm sorry you think you're. Uh, I, you'll never miss out in my book. You'll continue to grow. No, no, no. I, and and uh, and uh, I am growing. We're gonna grow it more. But uh, hey, look, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it's all right. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And I'll give you so. I'll give you some up energy now. Yeah. Um, you know, we're Canadian fans. So, oh man, can you imagine this turnaround might only take a year? <laughs> and I think it's going to take a little longer than that. How long do you think it's going to take? As I just blew my nose. Well, I think, I mean, the future looks brighter. Defensemen look good, but I don't think it's going to be done in a year. It's going to take. Well, done means, done means what exactly? Let's elaborate on done. Done, done yeah. means what they're exactly? Gonna, that they'll make the playoffs? Regularly competing. Like today at the first period, it was like, man, this looks like the beginning of uh, the, you know, February doldrums. And they don't look that sharp. And then the game turns out to be highly entertaining. But this team has to grow. They're young. At one point, they showed a stat. Like uh, these defensemen have in their 20s, their games, their 20, young 20-year-olds, and they don't have a large amount of experience. But, you know, in Montreal, they're going to aim high every year. Do I think we should try and tank? To no, I think we should. You learn a lot by on-the-job training, and they're going to get that. I think that being okay with failing and failing harder and learning better is uh, a damn fine thing to do for these young players. 
you know, back in the day when some a mistake would go on, an old coach would have thrown this guy and he wouldn't see the bench, wouldn't have left it. And you see St. Louis being able to allow these mistakes, almost say, hey, did you learn something from that? Good, don't do it again. Back on. Yeah. Are you staying in Miami for the holidays? No, 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 I'll be back. It was a work day today. I oh, did, is that right? I did what I do down here. I've got another one on Thursday. I'm an yeah. internationalist. That's what I do. I actually and, looked uh, at uh, I looked at Miami. I found a great deal uh, to go to right? Florida from the 18th to the 24th. And I told my wife, we go to Miami. And I thought she was going to yeah. be all in. And she said, no. What are we going to do in Miami? And I looked at her and I said, what are we going to do in Montreal besides... Stay in our houses, watch the snow come down, put our pajamas on, sit on the sofa, and turn on the fireplace. She didn't come back to me yet. Hey, Bob, I hope I get to catch up with you at some point, buddy. (laughs) You can come stay with me anytime, man. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, buddy. All right. There you have it. The great Bob Marier. Bat Pete's brother. I love that guy. He's a good guy. Um, He, um, for those who don't know, uh, he helps he helps people with uh, drug addictions, and um, you know he uh, he's been through a lot himself, and he was able to uh, win his battle, and now he's helping others win their battles, and he's doing amazing amazing stuff every day. It's pretty awesome. Uh, we're gonna take one more call. Is it uh, K1? K1. Kaiwan, sorry about that. Kaiwan, how are you? No worries. You're in Kitchener, correct? That's correct. All right, what's going on? Oh, um, just thought I'd give you a guy. I, am I talking to Tony? Yeah, you are. Oh, you sound different on the phone. Okay, than on your podcast. But uh, pleasure yeah. to talk to you, man. A longtime fan. And uh, uh, unfortunately, my son's asleep now. But uh, on his behalf, I want to say we both miss when you lose your shit. On, on the on the after games and all that, or the next morning, like it used to be. But yeah, uh, yeah. That being said, uh, we missed that, brother. Um, yeah. Uh, but just wanted to say, also, uh, I watch uh, from, from Kitchener, so we're watching Philip Machar here a little bit, and then we caught the uh, London Knights and the Mississauga Steelheads game with Logan Mayu versus Owen Beck. I know he's a favorite of yours. And I'm just wondering, with that being said, we're watching some of the young guys. I don't hear. Too much talk on your show. I know it's half centric, but I don't hear too much talk about um, whether it's Laval Rockets or any of our prospects. And I want to be well, there's, there's, a, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a, re- there's a, you will in, in the future. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I will, I will, and that's a great, that's a great question. Thank you for asking me that, or a great point. Thanks for bringing it up. But let me ask yeah. you this: Who yeah. on the Laval Rocket right now is close? Anthony Richard to play on a fourth line. Jesse Yolonen to play on a fourth line. Maybe. So I think, with all due respect to them, Raphael Arvey-Pinard, if there were players that were closer to the big leagues and more of an impact, I'd be doing it more. Having said all that, I make you a promise that I will be talking more Laval Rocket going forward, okay? Okay, or even just just even a, a, a small shout out about where some of our prospects are, maybe for some of the other it's, fans. It's noted, and you know what? I'm going to do it. If all goes well, I'll start doing it next week. Okay. Thanks, brother. I love your podcast. Thank you, thank you. Hey, Agnello and Sammy, I know you're not crazy about coming on, but I want you to come on.
Agnello and Sammy, do we got you? Yeah, what's We happening? got you. Hey, how are you? Good, you? All right. This was not planned, and I know we didn't want to say anything, and I know we wanted to do a big splash on social media tomorrow, but if you take a look at the chat tonight, in particular on YouTube, a lot of people are talking about my days on the radio, Yep. and a lot of people are talking about some people that used to work there. Yep. You want to do it right now? Yep, go ahead. It's perfect timing. Go ahead. Okay. Chris Nyland will join me on Wednesday night. My buddy Knuckles, he and I haven't worked together in like 10 months. The last time you probably heard us talk sports together was about 10 months ago. You've been asking for him. You got him. And uh, who knows? It might even be somewhat of a regular thing or a semi-regular thing. So it's going to happen. Wednesday night. Marinaro and Knuckles. Watch us go. My God. Um, and the beauty of it is, uh, you know, we're not going to be censored. Um, and, uh, you know, Chris has never really been censored in his life, and neither have I. And I think it's going to make for some great co- talk, some great conversation, and I think it's going to make for a great podcast. So you've been wanting them, and it's going to happen. Uh, Chris and I have been in in talks, and um, so I think I can tell you that you're going to see Chris every now and then on the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero, and you're going to see Tony Marinero every now and then on Raw Knuckles with Chris Nyland and Tim Stapleton. So um, you're going to see that happening, all right? So if you're going to be watching Raw Knuckles, you'll see me on. And if you'll be watching the sick podcast with Tony Marinero, you're going to see Knuckles on. On that note, let's go for gold. Go for gold. A daily World Cup report. Alfonso Davies keeps it himself. Presented by Bijou Tree Bossy. Gold for Gold is brought to you by Bijutri Bassi. Bassi has provided professional service and fine jewelry for over 30 years. Visit the store at 9640 Boulevard, St. Michelle. Call them at 514-387-9528. All right. So, um, and now there are four, and there are only four teams left at Qatar World Cup 2022 with one game going, one semi going tomorrow and another semi going on Wednesday. So tomorrow, it's going to be Lionel Messi's Argentina versus Luka Modric's Croatia. And it goes at 2 p.m. And on Wednesday, of course, then you're going to see Morocco versus France. And so Croatia boasts one of the best midfields in the world with Modric and Brozovic and Kovacic. And they say the midfield wins games. Lionel Messi has really been carrying Argentina. And um, Argentina haven't been overly impressive. There's been some close calls. Been some close calls, too, for Croatia, by all means. But you just get the feeling that you shut down Messi, you shut down Argentina. Easier said than done. Even though he's like 35 years old or on the verge of 35. Tomorrow. At this time, we're going to know if Lionel Messi is going to have a chance at that World Cup or if it's going to be Luka Modric in Croatia in the final again. 
And that's goal for gold. I can't wait to watch this game tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Chances are I'll be watching it at LaCash. Marinaro, you heard the news. Marinaro and Knuckles are back together. I believe it's the first time we're going to be talking sports, be talking Habs in about 10 months' time. I believe it's give or take around 10 months. I have to look that up. It's been a long, long time. He and I have had several conversations since then, folks. Several. But um, I think you're really going to like what you're going to see on Wednesday night right here on the SICK Podcast. And I know you're going to like it tomorrow night as well with former Montreal Canadiens equipment manager Pierre Gervais joining me on the program tomorrow. If you like the podcast, hit the like button, share it with your friends, tell everyone about it, tell them it's sick. The host is sick. The podcast is sick. Agnello's sick. Sammy is a sick genius. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick and hit the like button. And if you're listening on Google, Apple, or Spotify, give us a five-star review. We very much appreciate it. Special thanks to all of our sponsors, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, by the Geloso Group with their 8.6 beer, among other products, and brought to you by LaCash. And to you, my sick army, the best viewers, the best podcast community that's out there, thank you. Have a great night tomorrow, same time, same place, 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.